0: Hello everybody, Jesse Schreck with Practical Missions Cohort. Again today we are continuing our question and answer series related to missions and missions work in Italy specifically. This idea came to us way back when we used to do this at Saints Bible Institute with the previous mission we worked with, and it was a great opportunity, really appreciated it, for uh, students to be able to interact with missionaries living and serving Jesus Christ here on the field. Italy. They were able to interact. We would do a mission panel. Missionaries lined up on one side, students on the other side, and they were able to ask any questions that came to mind. And this, take take in mind, this was during a time when they were studying evangelism and studying missions, and then they got an opportunity to interact and and ask questions. So they had a lot of questions on their mind. They would bring those questions, and whoever was able or wanted would be able to give an answer uh, to that question to bring some clarity and uh, answer uh, those questions uh, that they had related to missions. So in our own way, PMC, we're also carrying on this tradition, as you know, and uh, we field questions when we're in the States. We also now welcome people to answer or ask questions and receive an answer through the podcast ministry, the media ministry. Uh, so now that we mentioned that, we also invite you to check in the show notes of this episode as you hear it or watch it, where you can click on the link for the SpeakPipe page for PMC, which takes you to a dedicated page where you can record in audio, uh, your question. So you can click on a button and through your smartphone or through your computer you can record your question related to missions and missions work in Italy and then be featured on the podcast you can remain anonymous if you prefer that just leave a note or you can also have your name included as well Uh, and in any case you leave your message and then we'll include it so everybody can hear you asking the question and then we'll go ahead and give our answer to that the question for today is one that was also taken while in the states during our last trip there finally get around to uh, answering these questions but it was a good question took me by surprise for a second because it was representing the mission and talking about the mission. Uh, but the person who asked the question, it was during a group, I think it was a men's group, uh, when I gave a, a talk on missions, a Bible exhortation, shared about the reality of divinity. And they said, what mission are you with? And when I said what mission we're with, they said, what makes PMC unique? What mission are you with? And what makes PMC unique? I shouldn't have to say much about what mission we are with. If you're listening to this podcast, you're aware that the podcast is called Practical Missions Cohort. Uh, That is the name of the mission uh, of which we work for and with, and we're operating in Italy. Now, what makes PMC unique is a pretty good question. So I'll give uh, a couple point answer to this. I think there's three things that come to mind now as I think of this, and I think I mentioned this probably when I gave the answer originally to that question uh, back in the States. Uh, But things that make PMC unique among all the different mission agencies out there is number one, our focus is exclusively in Italy the focus of PMC is exclusively in the country of Italy. We could even narrow it down a little bit more and say in the northern part of Italy, because that's where we're focused and probably will be for at least for the next many, many years. Uh, but it could we could branch into the entire country of Italy. But in any case, for sure, we are focused exclusively in the country of Italy. And that's uh, not typical for a mission agency, a mission association. Most missions today coming out of America, at least, uh, we have the the bigger picture in mind, where we want to Get, go to every part of the globe and reach every country and every continent, and all these kinds of things. We have big ambitions and so on. And that's really good. There's a place for that. But at PMC, the thing that makes us unique and the, to the point where we focus exclusively on one country, one people group, and even one part of that country uh, is because we also see there's a need for very specific work to be done kind of like we see in the book of acts with uh, with the apostle paul and the band of missionaries who would be with him to execute very specific tasks of evangelizing certain towns establishing a church there training elders and moving on uh, so that being the case we don't need big and wild things we need well trained good hearted missionaries who know the bible who know the word of god and are able to adapt in this culture and do the work of ministry in this culture to the end that we have which is training nationals in the churches to oversee the flock, and then we continue on, which is another thing that makes PMC unique as well. So rather than spread out and try to reach multiple countries and do the same thing in multiple countries, which could be good, it wouldn't be a bad thing, in any case, at PMC, we're focused exclusively in one place. We think there is a place for that, uh, a time and and a reason to dedicate ourselves to one people group rather than spread ourselves thin and try to do a whole lot in a whole lot of places. We do a whole lot in one place, and that's our unique approach. Another thing that makes PMC unique is that we do what's known as apostolic church planting. Now, let's make it clear. We don't believe there are still apostles today. We believe there were the original apostles, and that was it. After them came elders in the local churches, pastors equipped and trained to oversee the flock. With the word of God that was contained for us, we're not lacking anything that we need. No additional revelation is needed. We have the uh, eternal Word of God, the living Word of God, to transform our lives, to shape our ministries, and to be proclaimed through us to the people groups taught to the the other people that then get saved, and they continue spreading that same gospel message. There is no new revelation that needs to be given. Uh, so apostolic church planting, we mean we uh, do the approach of the apostles when it comes to church planting. And simply put, that means rather than go and start a church and pastor it forever, we go start a church and train nationals to oversee that flock as soon as possible that's what we see the apostle paul doing in every town he went to they would work in one way or another to see the group of new believers that were evangelized and born of the spirit of god they would gather them together train them teach them how to worship the lord teach them the word of god and establish as soon as possible elders from their own midst men trained and equipped by the holy spirit who know scripture are able to teach the word of god etc and are qualified according to what we see in timothy and titus those letters from the new testament They would then, as a plurality, oversee the flock together and continue multiplying and spreading and reaching more places with the gospel and training and equipping more people in ministry and so on. Um, So when we say apostolic church planting, that's what we mean. And that is not a typical practice as well today. Church planting is definitely a growing thing, almost like a trend, uh, but... Typically, what's known as church planting in, in the U.S. context is what we would consider pastoral church planting. Perfectly good, perfectly fine, also biblical, but it's different. It's uh, it's when you go and with a group of other people, uh, you self-identify as the body of Christ with a bunch of believers who are baptized as adults, uh, understanding the gospel, living for Jesus Christ, and there's a there's a pastor or pastors overseeing that flock, and then you just continue to grow and multiply in that area. And again, what makes apostolic church planting different is that intent of getting in. We oversee that flock. We see it formed and started, and it's the work of God. But we train other men to take our place, and we move on and get out and continue evangelizing other towns, other people groups, making more disciples and seeing more churches planted. And then they become sister churches, in effect, of the other churches, and they all work together to to be the witness of Christ in our areas. So uh, as apostolic church planting, our focus is predominantly on evangelism, discipleship, Church planting and pastoral training and equipping. Uh, we don't do a lot of the other things that are typically understood today to be part of missions, uh, medical things, and and digging wells and those kinds of things. In our context, it's it's not what we're about, and uh, it's not what we need to do. We do the essentials like the apostles did to see churches realized, started, planted, sound soundly planted with a firm foundation. And then all the typical things that we associate with regular church life, the different activities and programs and all this kind of stuff, typically comes after the fact. The nationals put that stuff into order after we get the foundation laid for them, and then they can build upon that. And lastly, I would say the third thing that makes PMC unique as a mission agency is that we are of the Reformed faith. And that is not typical in our day as well. And the key distinctions of the Reformed faith are often known also as the five solas, uh, by grace alone, faith alone, in Christ alone, to the glory of God alone, uh, all that based off of Scripture alone. These five solas, with a good understanding of that, do give definition to what is the Reformed Faith, and at the heart of the Reformed faith is the reality that God ultimately is sovereign. He's never learning anything new. He doesn't uh, decide to save people based on what they do or what they don't do. And this, he knows from eternity past, those who are His, those who He predestined, and He knows the time they'll be saved, when they'll be saved, and through whom they'll be saved. When who's going to bring them the word, and so on. Uh, Our God is not learning new things. Uh, the The God of the Bible is sovereign overall. He decrees all that comes to pass. He's He's entirely in control of all things and for the believers it's great comfort because we know he's working all things together for our good and for his glory these things go hand in hand and ultimately at the at the heart of this also is the new birth Uh, Many people in our day, as I even mentioned in a previous podcast episode, uh, don't really think much about how did that new birth come about? How did I get these new desires for Jesus Christ and this new hatred towards my sin? Where did that come from? Did I cause myself to be born? Did I do that because I acted in a certain way or believed and did something and something else? Uh, But the Reformed faith, we understand, actually, all of us were born spiritually depraved we're born dead in our sins and in our trespasses slaves to satan even we're at enmity with god as the bible des- describes it we're slaves of our sin and we're slaves to satan and we cannot choose christ in our own abilities we're just not able but when god sovereignly acts and changes our heart the miracle of rebirth the miracle of regeneration all of a sudden he breathes life into us even in a town we have this beautiful word uh, that says he vi, uh, god Brings us to life, vivifica, chi vivifica. He causes us to come alive. And because of that, we now desire things as God wills. Uh, we love to do His will. We want to live for His glory and all the rest. But that's because He first, as even Peter, we read in 1 Peter, He caused us to be born again. He did it to us. We didn't do it to ourselves. And because of that, we can say from our hearts, All glory to God alone. We did nothing, absolutely nothing, to earn favor with God, to earn salvation. We earn condemnation. Justice for us is eternity in hell, but He gave us great mercy. He came after us. Who am I that He would choose me? Who am I that He would come after me? Our hearts are are made humble. Uh, We're overwhelmed by the goodness of God towards us that what we don't deserve, He gives. He gave us. He gave us eternal life when we deserve condemnation. It's it's really astonishing and that motivates and moves us to spend ourselves entirely for Jesus Christ. And it even affects our evangelism as well. Without an understanding of the reformed faith and how, how salvation works and so on. What typically happens in mission associations and in evangelism through them is that they're engaging the lost thinking that man is able to save himself, thinking that we can just, if we say the words in the right way, or if we have the right kind of persuasion or right kind of character and attitude, or we're charismatic or something, that will get more people saved when that's not true at all. Actually, it's a sovereign work of God. He saves whom he wills, when he wills, and how he wills, and we're just happy to be able to be at his service The true call of the disciple is to proclaim the word, to exhort with all his heart, to go to the lost, but ultimately we know God knows who his sheep are. He calls his sheep unto himself. He gives us the privilege of participating in what he's doing. And if you think about that and you ponder that and you go in and study that subject much more in depth, you see it's a great motivator for biblical and healthy missions to take place with biblical evangelism as well. And it helps us avoid two two dangers as well when it comes to evangelism where you can see a bunch of people get saved because of your efforts and you might, you will, most likely become proud if you don't understand this concept well. Or the opposite would happen where no one gets saved through evangelism and you give it up and you feel down and discouraged. But when you understand it's God the Holy Spirit who, who does regeneration, who causes people to be born again. It's all His work. It's all for His glory. You can have great peace, great comfort, and great motivation to obey Jesus Christ and go. You know He has lost sheep out there that he desires to save and nothing will hinder them from coming to him. So those are the three things that make Practical missions cohort unique in regards to that question? It's a good question. Uh, and again, just to summarize, our focus is exclusively in Italy. That's not a typical thing for a mission agency to focus in one place only. Second thing that makes us unique is we do apostolic church planting. We talked a little bit about that. Also, not very typical in missions today and in church planting, but that's what we focus on here in our context. And lastly, we are of the Reformed faith, so we have a particular understanding of God and His sovereignty, His goodness, and we can say, in all things, all glory to God. Because we know we don't deserve anything from Him, but He's given us everything in Christ. And it wasn't anything of our doing, but it was all His. And for that reason, glory to God alone, as the Reformers said, Soli Deo Gloria. That'll be it for today until we have another question with another answer. God bless you. Ciao, ciao. The PMC Media Ministry exists to incorporate Christians into the Lord's mission of evangelism, discipleship, and church planning in Italy so others can flourish in Jesus' global mission, whether they go or they stay. Thank you for being a part of the ministry. To learn more about what we do and how you can be involved, visit practicalmissions.org. If you like the podcast, we encourage you now to come on over and join us on the inside. If you love Jesus Christ, you love this podcast. You love the Italian people. You love the Church of Jesus Christ. It's the perfect place for you to meet other people and uh, see and understand more about the Italian culture and what is going on with Practical Missions Cohort in the Italian context. Look forward to seeing you over there. God bless.